You're listening to Simple Ritz Wellness, episode 42, and today is the health secret no one is telling you. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. While it seems complex and overwhelming, my passion is to help you break it down into the basics and live a more simplistic and healthy life that you enjoy. To end the days of busyness, of stress, of overwhelm, and really just help you get back into the groove and a life and a health that feels good, that's easy. And I know health and easy don't always go together, but I can promise you that it's not as difficult or as complex as we make it out to be. In fact, health is supposed to be something that we don't even have to think about because our bodies are capable and smart enough to figure it out on its own. But that's easier said than done. And so that's why we created the Nourish Planner. The Nourish Planner is a 12-month printed planner that takes into account all areas of your life, from your business, personal life, and family life, and pulls in health so that you have a complete picture of simplicity and ease and living the life that you dreamed. It is possible, and this is the tool that's going to help you make 2017 your best year yet. You guys, I am so excited for this project and what we put together. It's not just more information and more knowledge coming your way, but it's a practical step in something that you can use to take action on your life, and that's what we need. We don't need more knowledge. We don't need more understanding, but what we need is a means and a way and a tool to help you take slow and steady action to help catapult you into the life that you've dreamt, into health that you deserve, and into the joy that's been escaping for so long. So let us do this journey together. Will you join us as we take these planners and we use them every day to help simplify and bring ease to our life? So to grab a copy of the Nurse Planner, head on over to nurseplanner.com. And if you'd like to try out the planner, we want to give you a free week to try out and to use and to see how it feels for you. So to grab your free week, just enter your name and email address at nurseplanner.com and that will be sent straight to your inbox. And this show goes right along with my passion for the Daily Planner. In this episode, we're talking about the lost art of writing, the dying practice that actually has some pretty strong health implications. And one of the main reasons for my passion to create such a product as the Wellfed Planner. Because not only do I believe in a system that combines realistic health measures with simplicity, but I also see and know the health difference between being paperless and taking pen to paper. In today's show, we're going to look at the lost art of writing and the impact this is having on our health. We'll look at the stress implications, the difference paper versus paperless is having on our nervous system and how the simple act of writing can change the course of your health. It might sound like a strangely boring episode, but I can promise it will be eye-opening and might just be the change you need to live your best life. So let's get started. 
Writing and stress is not something that most of us probably even think about, but I have to be honest, I became super passionate about a year ago about this art of writing, this dying art of writing, as the world is kind of transitioning into this paperless society, which I think is great in some aspects. But I started recognizing that even in our schools, our kids as young as kindergarten and preschool are being taught how to type. And what's interesting and fascinating to me is that they're even getting rid of cursive, something that we've learned so long ago. And it's challenging, right? It's challenging to write in cursive and it's a lot easier to type on the computer. So I get why this world is kind of transitioning into this paperless society because typing is effective, it's efficient, and it's clearly read. Yet what I don't think we're taking into consideration is actually the health implications that this paperless society is causing. So I kind of started to recognize this from my own travel through the world of online space, right? Everything is online, my emails, my notes, my blog, everything I'm doing is typing online. And my husband then approached me about creating this schedule online, right? Doing a Google calendar where we could share a schedule so we knew what was going on in each other's lives. So I started doing this and I just realized how frustrating it was to me. I would never have called myself a writer. I never really enjoyed I don't want to say I didn't enjoy the process of writing, but I never really wrote because I wanted to. I didn't go above and beyond that. And it was always a little bit more challenging to me. And so I just wasn't a writer. But I can tell you that I'm a massive list taker. And it might seem unorganized to my organized friends, like my sister and my husband, who are ultra organized. But my massive sticky notes and just writing lists on things, it seems unorganized, but even if I don't remember where that is or I, I lose it, just the act of writing seems so refreshing to me. It seems so easy and it almost made me more productive because I knew exactly what I needed to do. It helped me organize my thoughts in a better way than I could ever do online. And so I kind of gave up the idea of the online scheduling and I just went back to a paper calendar. And I really just found myself being more productive, like having that sense of peace and fulfillment and just knowing exactly what I needed to do, just kind of writing it out. Again, help that flow of where I wanted to go and what I needed to get done to be more clearly seen. So my husband thought I was crazy. He was still upset that I didn't do his online scheduling thing, but it was just an adamant thing that I just felt this increased stress in my life from having everything online and always having to have my phone with me or you know checking it constantly to see what was going on. And yes, I get there's reminders and all these fancy things that really in the end probably are more helpful in some cases to some people than a daily planner or written planner but I just wasn't feeling it. I was more frustrated and stressed. And so really over the course of that, I started recognizing the stress of other people, you know, being frustrated when their internet wasn't working or their computer was down and they couldn't pull up their schedule, but also just kind of being flustered and really trying to figure out where all of their information was across all these different apps and programs. And it got me thinking that there really has to be some stress implications to this paperless society. Like there has to be health implications to not writing, not teaching our kids cursive, not having them journal in notebooks and not having ourselves actually take pen to paper. So through that, I started researching and I really developed this passion for this unknown topic, right? Something that seems so minor and unimportant really is having a massive impact in our health. And I really wanted to bring that up mostly because so many people don't know it. Like we think this paperless society is a great thing. And in some cases it is, right? Like 
maybe it cuts back on mail and it helps save paper and all these wonderful things, yet there's the other aspect that there really is a true art to writing and that art actually helps us to be more creative. It helps increase our IQ, it decreases stress levels, and it helps us to deal with our emotions. So there's a whole other aspect of this mentality that writing in the end can make us live with more gratitude, which aren't we all going for that? Aren't we all going for a life that we can actually live and enjoy instead of just overfilling with all these negative emotions and confusion and and stress that we're feeling because we're overworked as it is? So again, through the research, I found that not only are our children less stressed, but they're also more creative. They're more likely to be creative. They're more likely to think outside the box, um, as are we as adults. And not only that, but we're also more effective and we're more motivated to get the things done. So there's true science, and I'm gonna get to the science in a minute, but there's no surprise, right, to any of us that the art of writing is drastically declining. In fact, there was a study commissioned by DocMail, which is a printing and mailing company that found that one in three respondents had not written anything by hand in the previous six months. On average, they had not put pen to paper in the previous 41 days. That didn't include like writing a list or, you know, just signing a check or or whatever it is, which checks are kind of becoming outdated too. It's kind of a thing of the past. But when they actually asked how many people had written a list, they found that on average, the majority of people had not put pen to paper, like any pen to any paper in the previous 41 days which is really astonishing. Yet that's really the way that society is going and that's really encouraged. So even more in the United States, email and texting have replaced snail mail, as most people would call it. And most students in schools take notes on their laptops. And again, like I mentioned, cursive has been dropped from the common core curriculum standards here by all U.S. states. But regardless, I think the evidence is clear again in the health aspect of what writing does in the body compared to the cognitive process of typing. So they're two different things. So really what I'm looking at is that, one, I'm just looking at the stress levels because there's this plague of Americans who are overly stressed, right? We have more cortisol firing continuously in our body than we ever have before. We're cortisol or stress-dominant individuals, and living with stress has a huge negative impact on our health. Cortisol or stress, right, when our body gets stressed, it it releases a hormone called cortisol. Cortisol in short amounts is a really good thing. It's our fight or flight response. It helps our body to mobilize energy to be used if we're running away from a bear, like I mentioned in a previous episode, or we're getting robbed and we need to run away, or you know that um, the end of a race, that endurance that you need to finish. Stress in general in the past has meant that We need energy. We're lacking energy because we're going to do a physical process. Yet stress over the years has turned into a non-physical process. We don't really exert any body energy because we're stressed anymore. You know, a lot of our stress comes from having too much work to do, sitting at our desk too long. So we're very inactive people. But when cortisol spikes because your stress has spiked, it starts pulling from these sugar stores that are stored in your liver and your muscle cells and insulin is released. Now we know what happens when insulin is released is whenever insulin is released, that's an anabolic hormone, so it's a building hormone. Insulin helps the sugar get put into the cells to be burned as energy. Yet when you're stressed without the physical response or the physical need, 
then we really don't need energy. So what happens to all the energy now floating around in your bloodstream that cortisol triggered? Well, insulin's still high, so it signals to your body or your brain that there's too much insulin, there's too much blood sugar, and it turns on a process in your liver called lipogenesis. And this is basically the conversion of energy, so blood sugar, into body fat stores. So stress and body fat are greatly connected. They're correlated. They go hand in hand together. We can't lose weight, right? Whenever cortisol is elevated, we don't burn body fat. But in the same instance, whenever cortisol is elevated, we tend to actually build body fat. So that's why when we see people who have high stress levels, they also tend to be packing on the pounds or carrying excess weight. And it's simply because of the hormone in your body that's overriding that. It's a survival mechanism to the body. In the short term, this is a really great thing. Cortisol is needed. But in the long run, when we're constantly releasing these elevated cortisol levels, it's not really a great thing. And so we need to be aware of that and just know that whenever we see something or we have something in front of us that really is inducing stress, even unconscious stress, stress that we're not aware of, but we can kind of feel it building inside, like our schedules that are overfilled, overpacked, you know, saying yes to everything. This in the end is having a huge implication on our body. Not to mention the impact of cortisol has on our body fat, but cortisol also releases inflammation into the body so we can have excess inflammation build up in areas where your body doesn't even need it. So that's kind of the overall health implication of why I always think it's better to reduce stress wherever we can, even if it means crazy things like why is a nutritionist talking about health and a law started writing? Because no matter how well you eat and how much you exercise, if your body is overly stressed, you'll never lose weight and you'll never achieve lasting health. That's just the way it is. That's survival mechanisms of the body. That's the hormonal flow. So we must fix the hormonal flow, and that means fixing our stress levels as well. So even more, I have more research, of course, to try to convince you that maybe this paperless society that we've created is not the best for our health, and maybe that we need to have a balance between typing and taking pen to paper. There really is something to say about that. So why is there a difference? One, to start with, is because handwriting is a complex task. It takes years for a child to fully develop and understand how to write letters appropriately. We've all seen a toddler, you know, who just started to write. Their letters are really big and really scribbly and maybe hard to read, backwards letters, and they evolve, right, into adulthood where we have mostly eligible handwriting and we know how to write our letters and it's clear. It's a complex task to make those small movements and those intricate loops and and lines and dots and periods Now, typing, on the other hand, you just press a button and the letter pops up. It's not a complex task. It's not an integral movement where it takes multiple processes for your body to figure out. It's just one touch of the button and it's there. It takes children literally seconds to learn how to type on the computer, right? It's not even something that they have to think about where writing actually takes them years. So it's just the complexity to start with. It's not a complex task. It doesn't fire things in your brain that make it work or make it more powerful, Not to mention when we talk about memory, just because it's not a complex task and we're not firing as many areas in our brain, typing on the computer decreases our memory significantly. 
If you compare someone who's writing handwritten notes versus someone who's typing on the laptop, there's studies who have been done to show this, and especially in students, you know, they give some students pen and paper and they take all the notes in the class on pen and paper and other students' laptops and they type all of their notes and then they give them a test to take. The students who actually wrote on pen and paper were 50% more likely to retain the information than those who typed on the computer. So memory is a huge issue, right? We're more likely to remember what we're writing versus what we're typing. So taking lists on the computer, it's hard to remember that versus just writing it out on paper. You're more than likely to remember that. Just in looking at some of the studies, because I think this is fascinating, and if you're not a science guru, I'm so sorry to bore you with this, but again, it's a subject that not a lot of people have really brought to terms and brought to light, and it's become normalized to just become paperless and to do everything online. And so I'm just trying to prove that this isn't just a thought or um, something that I am suggesting people do. I'm, I'm saying that this is a true health issue. And if you really want to achieve lasting health, there has to be an aspect of balance, right? Of figuring out a way to de-stress yourself and live your best life. So some of the research, of course, the first research had to do with the light of the computer and the light of the electronics and how that was interfering with our body. So these studies are going around in that the artificial light, especially when the sun goes down, when the sun goes down, our body's normal circadian rhythms are starting to change and our body is starting to shut down and starting to release melatonin, which is a hormone that's released to help your body relax and sleep. It also decreases cortisol levels. So again, you can relax. So melatonin is supposed to go down at night, cortisol is supposed to go down at night, but what they're finding is that artificial lights from screens like TVs, computers, phones, all of that is prohibiting melatonin from being released and it's prohibiting cortisol or that stress hormone from dropping in our body. And so of course there's health implications to that, right? It's affecting our sleep patterns and how much we sleep and how deeply we sleep, which then affects everything because sleep is kind of the overriding thing in our body that it needs. We can't live without sleep. And of course, we can find all those studies about what, you know, that artificial light's doing. And even a lot of phones now are switching to the yellow light. But even more than that, what I think is more fascinating is the brain scans they've done on people versus handwriting versus typing. The studies taken together show that internet addiction or this addiction to schedule and to go paperless is associated with structural and functional changes in brain regions involving emotional processes, attention, decision-making, and cognitive control. What the brain scans have found is that everything has to do with something that has a screen. So when they look at the different matter of the brain, so they started with the gray matter of the brain. What they found is that the gray matter had atrophy. Multiple studies have in fact shown that the atrophy or the shrinkage or loss of tissue volume in this gray matter, gray matter is the area where processing occurs. So processing like planning, prioritizing, you know, taking our daily life and being able to create a system off of that to be able to plan and organize and list take. That's what happens in our gray matter. When multiple studies have shown atrophy in this gray matter or a shrinkage or loss in the tissue volume, you can bet that there is also an impact then in how we prioritize and process information that's coming into our brain. So this has affected the frontal lobe, which is specific to planning, prioritizing, organize, and impulse control or our ability to get stuff done. So basically... And that, if we just look at that alone, we're less effective 
when we schedule everything online and we're less motivated to get it done and we're much more likely to achieve what we've set out to do if we just write it in pen and paper. There's something to this flow of how the brain works and it's harder for us to type out the flow of that and it's much easier to map out things on paper. It's just a difference in the cognitive process. Another area that they found affected involved our capacity to develop empathy and compassion for others and our ability to integrate physical signals with emotions. So this can be linked to like violent behavior, but also a lack of depth and quality of personal relationships. So when the older generation thinks that kids today can't have face-to-face conversations, they're not likely to pick up a phone and call someone, they have a hard time in social situations talking to people in an appropriate manner, this is not necessarily just disrespect coming from their part. This is really that their brain isn't able to do that because they've lost the ability to connect and empathize with other people. So they really don't even know how to do this. So it really is affecting relationships. It's affecting communication styles. Another area that they looked at was the gray white matter, the integrity of the white matter. The white matter is our communication signals within the brain. So research here has demonstrated that the loss of integrity to the brain's white matter translates to a loss of communication within the brain. So it includes connections to and from various lobes of the same hemisphere, but basically white matter connects networks from the brain to the body and vice versa. So our body has a harder time communicating. We have a harder time distinguishing what we're actually feeling and what our body is trying to tell us. It slows down and it kind of shorts those signals or those circuits so they're more erratic. Our body is just more erratic in talking to each other. Our hormones are kind of out of whack. Our, our enzymes and our chemicals are just, it's, we're kind of off altogether. And it's because our body is just having a harder time signaling and communicating. So in the end, can we become more self-aware? Can we become more in tune to what our body wants and needs when we actually just take time to write things out? Absolutely. Again, a balance between screen time and writing is going to be huge. There's also been a reduction in cortical thickness, which is the outer part of the brain. This impairs cognitive tasks, things that you need to be doing, basic things. Essentially, this is lowering our IQ. There's an impaired cognitive functioning. There's an increase in cravings and an impaired in dopamine functioning, which basically is that addictive property, right? So what they're actually finding is there's less dopamine receptors. So it means we need more and more and more to be fulfilled and to be satisfied and happy because our dopamine receptors are going down, meaning we need to do it more and more and more, or we think we need to, to kind of fulfill that. Um, So we have an increase in cravings, almost an addiction to it, like they would a drug. This is exactly the same area of the brain that a drug would have on our body. So those are kind of the things, you know, the the gray matter atrophy, the white matters compromise, you know, reduction in the outer part of the brain, impairing cognitive functioning. So this is not stuff that's just made up. This is true scientific research that's actually been shown and studied via brain scans. And so what can you do, right? Like, so if you want to prevent this, it's as simple as 
taking time every day to take pen to paper, making it a priority. I've stressed this so many times. It's not about not being on the computer and not being on screen time. Heck, I do my life on the computer, right? But I also have this other aspect, this other outlet of mapping things on paper, of taking what needs to get done and kind of prioritizing it on paper, of mapping out my dreams and my life on paper, of scheduling things on paper, of writing meal plans on paper, of taking lists on paper, because that area is our creative outlet, that creative focus. And you're gonna be far better off if you write that stuff versus schedule it online even though online seems way more convenient, way easier, and you can combine schedules, I can promise that you're gonna be a lot more effective because it's been proven if you just write it out. And thus why one of the reasons I'm so excited about the planner is simply because it allows you to do that. It combines your health and your daily life planner in one simple place that's not strict or rigid, but allows you to be creative and open to your own system, but also encourages you to actually write it out. And enjoy that process. And I promise through that you can become more fulfilled. It's not something that's just a thought or a great idea. It's actually proven. And so I want you to take time this week. Like that's my challenge to you. There's tons of articles online from the Huffington Post to Medium and all these places on talking about how writing, journaling, scheduling, whatever you're doing can actually de-stress you. And some of the reasons are like writing clarifies your thoughts helps you to express them without harboring them and letting them come out in bad ways or no ways. Um, Writing is a freeing process. It kind of helps lift weights and ideas and thoughts off of you. Writing actually makes you smarter. Again, that's proven in the research. It increases your IQ or your cognitive functioning. Writing helps you sleep better. So writing at the end of the day um, is actually going to help you kind of um, your cortisol levels to drop and your melatonin to be released. Writing removes anger, writing solves problem, and writing ultimately offers purpose. It helps you to live a more purposeful life, a more fulfilling life, and a life that you ultimately love. So again, a little bit different podcast than I normally do, not the health topic that you thought would ever be talked about, but something that really is important and critical and something that I wanted to bring to light because it has made a huge impact in my own life and something that I've realized after just kind of feeling so stressed and overwhelmed with what was happening online, I needed an outlet where I could write and create and and help process those things on paper. To end today's episode, really, it's as simple as taking pen to paper, writing, journaling, and even scheduling your life in a written form. The science proves it that writing is actually less stressful and more enjoyable than typing. And can we get some pressure to get cursive back in our schools? That's a totally different note, but something that we should think about. And I know that I can't argue that typing is a much quicker way to communicate, but that doesn't mean we should be completely paperless. It's a combination of both that are going to make you more effective and ultimately live with more joy. So why don't you try it for yourself? My challenge to you is to take and print out the free week of the Nourish Planner to finally use and implement in your own life. I would also encourage you to journal on those pages, taking five minutes a day to write your feelings, a funny story, or ideas and dreams for the future. That's it, just seven days of paper scheduling and journaling And then shoot me an email and let me know how it went. I want to hear from you. Did it make an impact in your life? Did you notice changes? Were you less stressed? Were you more creative? Did you feel free? Send me back an email. Let me know how it went. And I'll be adding some of the testimonials from this challenge to my next podcast to help encourage others along the way. I know it's made a huge difference in my own life. Something that seems so minor and something that we maybe wouldn't even relate to our health 
is really having an impact. And like I always say, it's not just about what we eat and how much we exercise, but it's really about how we live our life and all these other components that make eating so much easier. Health is not meant to be difficult. It's not meant to be hard. And it's just simple practices like scheduling on paper or writing on paper that really in the end can add up to make huge differences in your life, helping you to be more effective, live with more joy, and ultimately achieve lasting health. Are you up for it? Are you up for the seven day challenge? I'm doing this alongside of you and will keep you up to date my daily emails that are pretty much the bomb. If you want to be a part of the daily emails and follow along in my own journey and develop a deeper relationship together, head on over to simplerootswellness.com and leave your name and email. I'll be sending you a daily-ish email. I say that because not every day. Life happens. I have three little girls, but daily email that are full of motivation, encouragement, and support, as well as meal ideas, meal plans, and exclusive content sent straight to your inbox. Also, don't forget to head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 042 to find out more information about today's episode, as well as subscribe to the show so you're sure never to miss an episode. Again, that's simpleritzwellness.com slash 042. And thanks so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Simple Roots Radio. I am so beyond thrilled and honored that you are here, and I am thankful for your desire and passion that you have to live a healthy life you enjoy. Here's to taking our seven-day challenge printing out that free week of the Nourish Planner and using it to simplify, schedule, organize, and create a sense of ease in your life. That's just seven days. Let's try it out and see what taking pen to paper can do for you. Make sure you sign up for my email list at simplerootswellness.com to stay in tune with my own journey with the seven-day challenge. Together, we can do this.